Welcome to Military Network Radio, where we'll bring dynamic interviews and fresh information about topics affecting your quality of life at each stage of your military service. Join us each week for information of value that improves your outlook, actions, and encourages each member of the family. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Everyone serves, and together we make a difference. And now, here's your host, Linda Crater. Welcome to Military Network Radio. We are very glad you've joined us today. I am with Pamela Stokes Eggleston this morning. And how are you today, Pam? I'm great. How are you today, Linda? I am very well. I've been looking forward to this program for quite some time. Getting people scheduled is often a little bit of a challenge. But we're going to be talking today about yet another complementary therapy that has really helped our veterans in many ways. Uh, we're going to be talking specifically about the game of golf, which is far more than a game. It offers the power of a new skill, being outdoors, being with veterans, um, helping both physically and emotionally affected veterans, and somehow that focus on that little ball and learning something new really contributes to the competitive nature of many, many veterans who've been missing that part. And so we're going to be talking to J.B. Ball of Tee It Up for the Troops today. And J.B., I'd love to welcome you to Military Network Radio. Thank you for the invitation. You are so welcome. I'm going to let you explain your background a little bit and what brought you to really lead the way with Tee It Up for the Troops and how you're spreading this across the nation. Well, Tee It Up for the Troops started um, back in 2005. It really had its origination, though, after 9-11. My son was in college, and when 9-11 happened, he called home and said, Pops, I've got to do something about this. And uh, So he finished out that semester of school, but he enlisted in the Army, and then he missed the first deployment, which my wife and I were just fine with in 03. Uh, I didn't have any issues with that at all. He had a little bit of issues with us, but uh, we'll take that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. and then he was with the third ID out of Fort Benning. So they deployed for a year. So he missed 03. They came back in 04. Right. And then he left in December of 04. And friends and family and Bible study group parents that um, we knew with that had other children that were serving um, asked what they could send to him when he got settled. And when he called January of 05, I asked him what he needed. And he said, Pops, forget about me. Do something back home. So to honor that request we just got a few people together to play some golf and here we are 11 years later still doing that you know that's a phenomenal story pam had not shared that with me i know the two of you have a nice uh relationship and that charles plays golf with tee it up for the troops and, and both of you work intimately with the organization talk about golf in general about how it adds to the therapeutic aid your son asked you to start something of value that would mean something to returning veterans and their families. Talk about how the outdoors, the camaraderie, all of that comes together from well, your viewpoint. Yeah, it started early on. We um, we age ourselves here because we say we bought the big screen TVs and the Wii games for uh, Walter <laughs> Reed and Bethesda and Balboa and Fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the guys were not going to their physical rehab appointments. And then when they realized that they could challenge each other to a Wii game of golf, um, they started attending and it started there and then they said well we want to do more than this we want to get out under the driving range so we worked with salute military golf association in only to get them out to the driving range and learn the game 
And then from there, they said, we really want to play this for rehabilitation and, and the outreach aspect of it. And then once they went through eight lessons, they were given a set of golf clubs. And so it, it teaches them patience and perseverance um, and got them socializing again. It was physical activity. They started to network with each other. Um, and even through that, they learned some additional job skills and, um, you know, mentoring each other. Those that were going through it initially came back and helped the others to say, hey, I'm doing this. You should try this with us. You know, I, I think that what you just said was huge um, because I think we all know that when uh, we've got recovering warriors in an intake hospital, such as Walter Reed and obviously others, there is very little um, socialization, networking. Everything is focused on the recovery itself. But breeding that independence by giving them an opportunity to get outside, be among other vets in a different venue, and learning something new it it really is invaluable in terms of rehabilitation. Would you consider it a complementary therapy? I do. I'd like to hear if you do. Yeah, I do. We'd like to say that we want to help uh, veterans transition, grow, thrive, and live. So whether it's Mm. transitioning out of the military, transitioning from injuries, whatever it may be, how do we help through that process? But then we want you to grow in whatever you decide to do, whether it's going to school or job or whatever. And Golf has been one of those things that's gotten them out to, to network. Um, we often challenge the, the veteran to have their own business card made up because if they're on the golf course, they don't know if they're playing with their next employer. Um, Interesting. So then from there, we want you to transition, grow, and then we want you to thrive at whatever it is, whether it's school or whatever occupation that is, and then just go live your life. We've got uh, you know, an issue with the suicide, with the, the number they keep throwing out every year around. 22, but you don't know mm-hmm. whether that's the... No, that's a very low estimate. Not. It's kind of a moving number, but right. you want them to go out and just live their life. Now, do you have stories where this has truly changed people li- people's lives? Yeah, and you could drink from a fire hose if I get started here, Linda. Um, no, I'm, but I'm but, asking you, can you share I, simply just one? Because I think we all get a much better visual picture uh, when you actually experienced, you know, no names necessary, but just a story about how it helps someone would be wonderful if you would share one. I'll give you one story, um, and it might take a little while here, so bear with me. But um, we invite the individuals to get out of the hospital, and at that point, they really have to learn, you know, how to pack and how to, to transition to get to the, to the airport, make sure that they've got all their belongings. It's really a test once they come out of the air, uh, hospital to see if they can handle this or not. Mm-hmm. And, um, the organization skills that come with that. But a young man came from Walter Reed and actually came with Charles to one of our first trips mm-hmm. here in Minnesota. And um, when he got off the plane, he was almost gray. His skin just didn't have any color at all. Mm. And uh, he would light the next cigarette with the one that was burning down, just going from one cigarette to the next. And he did, not, did not interact much at all. Um, didn't really have anything to say. And I went over and sat with him at the golf course. He was sitting on a step having a cigarette. And I said, if you came here and you don't have a good time, then Minnesota Nice isn't working and we're failing. So you don't have to do anything here but have a good time. Go out and enjoy yourself on the golf course. I know this is new to you. You haven't really done it before. But I said, interact, get into conversation with the people. And I said, I'll keep checking in with you throughout the day. Um, He played golf for three days uh, here in Minnesota. And uh, we took him to the airport. And... um, I got a call the next day, or actually later that day, from the doctor at the hospital. 
to ask where this young man was. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, he's not back at the hospital and he was your responsibility. I don't know who you are or what you're doing, but you need to find this young man and let me know what's going on. And I was in a panic and called Charles and a number of other the veterans that visited it with us and said, do you know where this individual is? And they said, we have no idea. And I said, well, I dropped him off at the airport so I know that he got to the flight mm-hmm. at the airport. Well, later that night, I'd been leaving messages for him on his cell phone. He called me and he said, JB, I just want to let you know I'm okay. He said, I'm sorry that I put you in this position. But he said, I have not connected with my family since my injuries. And so at the airport, he said, I switched my flight to stop and see my family on the way back to the, to the hospital. Um, mm. So he said, I'll catch the next flight back to the hospital. And I, again, I apologize that I put you in this position. Um, but he said, I, I just needed to show some independent um, and see my family. And so the doctor called the next day and he said, JB, I gave you a hard time about not knowing where this is. But he said, whatever you guys are doing, keep doing it. This is really the transition period is when we show they can have that much independence to make that much of a change. That's a big piece for recovery. So you can fast forward a few months and I ended up running into that individual again. Mm-hmm. Um, a few months later at another event. And at the time that I met him, he probably weighed about 135, 140 pounds. Mm-hmm. At this point, he was probably closer to 165 or 170 and really in great shape. And we almost walked past each other and looked at each other in the parking lot like, do I know you? And uh, he said, JB, and I said, yeah. And he said, I had no idea you were going to be here. And I, I said, I didn't know you were going to be here. <laughs> Don't leave. He said, I'll be right back. And this is a young man that didn't want to say anything, didn't want to do anything, didn't want to be engaged. But he was actually the spokesperson for the hospital that day on stage. Um, So he had gone full circle in about six and a half, seven months. And he came back and gave me a big hug and said, I need to thank you. And I said, what for? And he said, that trip to Minnesota was the change um, that I needed. Um, So he said, whatever you need, you just call me. I'll be there for you. That is a phenomenal story, and it really does point to the value of what you're providing. And this this therapy and the independence it breeds, I like the part where you talked about you, you're almost testing them when you invite them to their first event, because you're right. You know, in the hospital, everything is so controlled, but in organizing yourself to go on a trip and to be signed out, and, we, and Pam and I know that the sign-out process is really very lengthy and laborious um i'm glad to hear also that he did not get in trouble when he came back because that's wonderful because that shows the value that they saw from the independence and um pam i'm sure you have a question at this point well no i just i mean because i know who he's talking about and i was just like yeah i remember the early days jb (laughs) of, of all of that and i think it's you know, it's testament to how how this um, sport of golf, um, really the therapy of golf, has grown um, within this you know time frame. I mean, what JB? I don't know if he's told you, Linda, but for our listeners, he's been out here since before it was fashionable to be in this space, in this right. veteran space, in this K 
caregiver space and the military family space. And so I just want to add that um, more so than, than a question at this point. I'll probably have some as we, we continue with the broadcast, but that's really critical. And JB really, you, you hear the story and he never takes credit for anything. Like he's like, oh, whatever, you know, and that's, that's, that's who JB is. So he's just very humble and modest, but he's done so much for, um, for these veterans and, and, and just, um, for their families. I mean, because in turn, if you're, if you're working with veterans and you're, and you're doing that kind of thing, um, with this therapy, then you're helping families. Well, I I think this has been such a great first start to our radio program. I'm delighted that we will have many more stories to come forward. You're listening to Military Network Radio. We're going on a short break, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. Familia, faith, identity, tradición. Latina life is never boring, but it can be muy dramática. So how do you coexist between the old school ways of la abuela and the new school life you're creating for yourself without losing your faith, familia, identity, or tradiciones? Welcome to Living Latina with Francesca Escoto, where culture curls and curves collide in one spicy cross-cultural conversation that will leave you begging for mas. Francesca tackles all the important issues, from politics to family values, to religion to, you guessed it, relationships and men. As chief everything officer at the Wow Factor, Francesca is passionate about showing women of all cultures, ages, and lifestyles how to rock what they've got with style, sass, and smarts. Be sure to join her every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time for Living Latina, only on the WooHoo Radio Network. expert, Annette Hammond. One surefire way to cut back on calories is to drink water instead of soda, tea, juice, or other flavored beverages. According to Women's Health Magazine, many people think that a cup of sweet tea is a good choice, but the fact is, it is only marginally better than Pepsi. Whether you are drinking juice or sweet tea, you are adding 120 calories to your meal with each glass that you drink. They cite a study done by the University of North Carolina that says America's love affair with flavored drinks adds 450 calories to our daily diet. That equates to an extra 47 pounds of body mass that you need to burn off every year. If you don't burn it off, that's 47 extra pounds to carry around. Switch to water. The more you drink, the more you shrink. I'm Annette Hammond. Visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back. 
here with talking with J.B. Ball of Tee It Up for the Troops and the larger topic of golf as a rehabilitation therapy for recovering warriors and our veterans to help them. In our last segment, J.B., you talked about how your son was deployed and in January of 2005, you asked him what you could do and he asked you to start something that would help vets, which you clearly have done. I am just interested in knowing how your son... Tyler, I believe the name is, um, felt about Tear Up for the Troops and, and now how this has grown into being something so large and nationwide. Well, it's been interesting. Tyler, um, while he was deployed, we would send golf equipment to um, him and others in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, actually, we sent up an entire driving range for them. Um, and then we've helped other organizations that were sending supplies too. But when he got back and actually experienced one of the events, he was pretty moved by it. Um, like I said, he's never really wanted to be about him, but it's always about serving somebody else. Um, but he got engaged when he got back and volunteered, and a lot of people would not recognize that he was actually at the event volunteering in the morning. Um, but then this last year, he actually um, is now fully gainfully employed and um, stepped in as a sponsor himself with some of the other guys that he grew up with that are all employed now. Um, Tyler's in his 30s now and transitioning out, and he said, that, you know, it's not about just being here to experience golf as a gift. This is really about giving back, and um, he's continuing to serve. He's a full-time paramedic um, fireman EMT um, position now, so he's still in that service position. But um, people that he grew up with now that knew that he was deployed and followed this organization, they're all running their own businesses now, and um, catering businesses and construction businesses, plumbing, and electrical, financial services, all kinds of different occupations now. But they've, uh, they've followed his path, and a lot of them volunteer early in the morning because we have 144 veterans at our event tee-off free of charge here in Minnesota as mm-hmm. a thank you, and then we have another 150 tee-off in the afternoon. So they're out there at 4 o'clock in the morning setting things up with us. You know, I, I love these stories when it is a matter of servant leadership because that's what is is happening here you are humble and obviously so is tyler i think though that the impact that those types of organizations can make is greater than those who spend a lot on the glittery part of running nonprofits and and running help because i i love that it gets down to the people who are your your constituency, if you will, those who are veterans, family members, um, taking them to a golfing green. I mean, honestly, these are beautiful, peaceful places, and it really does help. But it it takes special people to do this, and I'd love you to share how it has grown, because I know it started with Minnesota, but it there are branches around the nation and growing annually. We, uh, well, golf has been very instrumental in support of the military. Actually, the first year that we did this here in Minnesota, a friend of mine gave me a book called uh, The War Played Through by a gentleman by the name of John Stege. really talks about the golf courses during World War II that on the east and west coast, a lot of them were redesigned in case they needed to be used as emergency landing strips. A lot of the mm-hmm. pair ran into each other and the members at the club started their own victory gardens and the cattle and the sheep were allowed to graze because the land the grounds crew was at war um, it was just a lot of history of golf and support of the military 
and I got that book, and it was interesting to see the transition there and what's been going on in, in today's um, marketplace. And golf, the courses were used as rehab facilities and hospitals um, after the war, too, because it got people out into nature. It got them to walk on the grounds. It got them the physical activity. Um, you know, and it started that, that concentration piece of hitting that little white ball. And uh, if we say it's concentration, but it, it can actually be frustration, too. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but even, Oh, yes. Yeah, even with the frustration, though, I've had individuals say, JB, I didn't even swing a golf club until I heard about Tita for the troops and we got the clubs. He said, for me, just to go out to the driving range and take out my frustration on that little white ball is such a relief. <laughs> um, we don't think about it. Well, I think, you know, what's so funny, JB, is that I, I figured out why Charles loves it. I mean, he wasn't playing golf until you and um, Jim Estes met him at Walter Reed. He did not play golf prior to his injuries. And so what's so interesting about him, what I've learned about the couple of um, balls that I've hit, which is really probably just two at this point, <laughs> um, is, <laughs> is it's, you know what, you're outside in nature and um, it's, it's moving meditation. Deepak Chopra plays golf. I mean, this is, this is serious stuff where, and when I, when we talk about it as a therapy, he pretty much says it's like the most spiritual sport. So you get outside, you have to become present in the moment to hit the white ball. I mean, you can't be, you can't think about anything else. And so I figured out, okay, that's probably part of the draw. I think for Charles, the other part is it involved physics. And I learned that by doing a, a clinic with Jim Estes. Like, oh, this is physics. How far from the ball and from your swing? And I said, ah, oh, I, I completely got it. So for some people, it's being outside. For some people, it's camaraderie. For some people, it's just being still, getting your frustration out. Or it may be all of the above. Um, and I, I think that that's what makes it so um, wonderful and successful with the population that you're serving. JB, let me ask you a question, and I, I don't think I've ever asked you, ha, do you play golf? I do. I have uh, never played in our Minnesota event here. It's really more about thanking people for being there um, and supporting this cause. I played probably maybe four or five rounds last year, and then we played, uh, and I played one day where I probably played as much as I did all year, that we do a, a program called the longest day of golf and i think i played like 82 holes in that one day oh um, oh my god that sounds but exhausting but it is but if we had i think 22 individuals out there and we challenged people to pay us per hole like you would for a marathon running miles you know give me a buck a mile or whatever mm -hmm. it be. we ended up raising you know, 24 25 000 but it was just a day out on the golf course and pam you're it's, it's a good point you made that you know, getting out and socializing and doing those things. But I'll get back from around to golf. And my wife will say, well, who'd you play with today? I'll talk, oh, really? How's, you know, she'll rattle off his name, the kid's name, everything else. And she'll say, well, how are you? Doing? I don't know. Well, you know, how's, how's, how's their job going? Oh, I don't know. And she looked at me and she said, four, four hours with them. And she said, you didn't ask any of these questions? And it's just one of those you know, things you go out on a golf course and you're just out there being there. Um, yes, so instead of that meditation yes. side of it, it's really yes. being out. Um, it's not so much that, that aspect you want a, a million questions answered. Right. But we do challenge the um, the combat altered vets to get out on the course to use that time to their advantage, that 30-second elevator speech, 
has to be turned into four hours. And it's really a mentoring aspect for them, too, because the person that's working with them on the golf course and playing with them, we might say, you know what, the, the guy runs a railroad, but I know you're not interested in the railroad, but you might know another combat altered vet that has told you in the past that they really want to work for the railroad. So it's right. not only you you're looking out for on the golf course, it's the other people that you serve with. I love the mentoring aspect and also the part about the job. I think it is well known that golf is a sport where a lot of business is conducted. And we find that veterans have a difficult time networking, some of it because of perhaps they are not used to it or, or, or unfamiliar with how one does networking. But it really is a phenomenal place to put people together, learn how to do that networking skill, and meet phenomenal people. Because I know you do put some amazing people on the greens with each of the vets. And so they're not only learning a new skill in golf, perhaps, but the networking aspect is something everybody needs help with. And so that's invaluable. I loved your part earlier about, you know, have a business card printed so that you can identify who you are. Learn to ask for a business card. This is something that doesn't come naturally to to most people, but even less so to veterans who are, are used to a very different kind of path for their career. Do you find that most take advantage of it? Um. They're starting to. It, it's resonating across the country with the events that we do because it is something I continue to talk to them about. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I tell them they wasted a phenomenal opportunity if they didn't get their name out there because the American public is a pretty giving public. Um, mm-hmm. We said, you know, we just need to give them an opportunity to give. Um, we've always said, you know, how difficult is it to go out and play around the golf? And then I've had the comment come back to me, well, JB, I've seen you play. So, yes, it is a little difficult. <laughs> <laughs> But realistically, it's it's a day to get out, enjoy yourself. Whether you only play that one time a year for a veteran's cause, go out and do it. Um, But the networking aspect of that that comes out of that is that um, these individuals really do start to understand that people do want to spend time with them. And they've missed the opportunity if they've spent four hours with somebody and that individual wants to stay in touch with them. But they have no idea. They have no phone number, no email address, no nothing. If they didn't share that with them, they missed a phenomenal opportunity to build a friendship and a mentorship that might last for years. That is critically important. So here's my question. If you know that someone has done that after a, a game of golf and they're talking to you and you ask them, did you, you know, can they get in touch with you? No. Do you help them or mentor them into learning out? how you go to find that person again. You've got the first name, you know what company they worked for, or you you personally probably know. Do you work after these events to help people get in touch? Definitely. And here's a quick example. is that We had an individual in Arizona that played, was having a problem with his um, mortgage, couldn't get it done with Wells Fargo. One of the guys he played with in his group actually worked for Wells Fargo, and I told him, well, why don't you reach out to him and see what he can do? Within two weeks, he called him back, got the mortgage squared away. That individual turned around, and now he opens up his home that he lives in to other veterans that are in transition. 
That's fantastic. We have to go on a short break, so I can't ask you my next question. But I love that the networking aspect and the mentoring aspect all work together so they are not just learning a game of golf or spending time outside. This also has some very practical applications. We're going on a very short break. You're listening to Military Network Radio with J.B. Ball of Tee It Up for the Troops. And we will be back after this very short break. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. Our son just adopted a dog, a red fox Labrador named Scout. There is no better psychologist in the world to help you feel good, like a happy-go-lucky Norse Boris puppy licking your face. Dogs are really smart. If you think dogs can't count, try putting three dog biscuits in your pocket and then giving Fido only two of them. Your dog will be snuzzling or poking around with his nose to find the last biscuit. If people are really smarter than dogs, why are we the ones walking along behind them with the pooper scooper? The reason a dog has so many friends is that he wags his tail and Instead of his tongue. Even though owning a dog can cause us to become dartle dum doos or someone who spent all of their energy, dogs reward us by giving us their all. It's the best deal man has ever made. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips to advice and hard lessons learned these pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you your business and others so join us for paying it forward with josephine jirasi wednesday mornings at 10 a.m 9 a.m central on doginet.com welcome back to military network radio serving the military their families and those who care about them together we make a difference Welcome back to Military Network Radio. JP, we were talking right before the break about the fact that not only do you uh, work with them at the event, with veterans and uh, service members at the event, but you also work afterward. And I love the fact that you were absolutely real with the example you were sharing about someone who said, well, I was out here to play golf and have fun. No, I didn't get the name of the person I was with, but I know they run this big company. And you tell them you missed an opportunity. I think getting that kind of real feedback shares with them that golf is more than just a game. It is an opportunity for conversation and networking, etc. Can you elaborate on that a little bit and also how you bring back uh, previous participants for a reunion and what that means in real practical terms other than just, you know, hi, I've seen you again and it's nice to see you again. It's with the, um, you know, the business card and exchanging information. But I often tell the the veteran that, but I also go to the sponsors and tell them they missed a great opportunity to have a friendship with a veteran too. So 
if they don't have the name and, and number, I, I criticize them the same way I do the, uh, the veteran themselves. You're, no, you're mentoring. Yeah, it, they, they need to <laughs> embrace that. They need to be part yes. of it. Um, That's right. And so when we do the reunion, um, doing this now for 11 years, about um, five years ago, a, a course in Orlando called us and said, you know, you're doing some events around the country. Um, not just in Minnesota, we'd like to be a little bit more engaged. And it's actually called the Reunion Golf Club Inn outside of Orlando. Mm -hmm. um, and so we got talking about it, and I looked at uh, Nancy Christofferson, who was volunteering for us at the time, and I said, well, why don't we turn this into a reunion at the Reunion Resort? Mm -hmm. um, a lot of these people haven't seen each other for years. And the, the concept was that uh, some of the veterans were wounded on the, the combat field, and their uniform was cut off them. They were put on a stretcher. They were flown out of the Blackhawk. And the individuals they served with haven't seen them since that day. Mm -hmm. And all they know is that that individual is, was wounded at that point, but they have no idea really what's happened to them since that point. So we try and gather some of those individuals that might have been on the battlefield together, but also those that might have been recovering together at the hospital um, but one might have went to upstate New York and the other one went to Dallas and they just kind of lost touch with each other. But let them know what's going on, that they got married, they've each had kids, they're both gainfully employed, um, that they're really uh, moving on with life. But those that have fallen through the cracks, sometimes it's an outreach piece that's that life preserver that's actually been thrown out at the right time to say, I hadn't been in touch for six years with this and I was really losing my identity. But being invited back to the reunion, reconnecting with the guys that I served with, and the gals that I served with, was priceless. You're bringing back again behavioral health aspects that come out of this because connection and communication are both so very important. And when you've gone through something as intense as a combat experience, and as you say, they may not have seen each other, that's remarkable. How do you go about finding their battle buddies and those connected to them? It's a little bit easier in with the current group of people that have served in the last 10, mm -hmm. 12 years. But we had um, a 93-year-old and a 95-year-old uh, World War II vet. They were both at the reunion last year. They did not know each other, but they were able to share stories that um, reminded people of reunions. We have two Vietnam oh vets that are have not connected for 40 years. They just found each other here recently. They're both going to be at the reunion coming up. Oh, in the that's summer. great. Um, what a wonderful for, story. Uh, and it, now in, with Facebook and the Internet and the rest of it, people can track it down. But now the kids are getting involved, and they're starting to ask their parents, you know, who did you serve with? You know, what are their stories? And the things that they never talked about, the kids are actually pulling it out of their parents, which is terrific at this point, too. Mm -hmm. um, but we're telling the current group of individuals that have served, don't lose touch. Don't let this 40 years go by like, uh, like others have. You have a lot more access than what they had. Um, stay in touch with email, cell phones, the rest of it. But continue to reach out. Um, there's great organizations out there that are doing some great things, but we have no idea as civilians what they've actually gone through. Uh, I'm the, the son of a, a World War II and Korean vet, the brother of a veteran, but I don't entertain that conversation. My, my son will have a conversation with my dad and my brother that I'll never have that conversation. But um, they have to keep their, their uh, lines of communication open with, with each other constantly. Uh, 
because it's a different bond that we can't understand from the outside. You're right, but you're giving them the opportunity to do that. And so uh, I was right in the beginning. This is far more than just a game of golf. You're, you're supplying a connection and a network that didn't exist before it. The young ones, are they often very interested in the older vets who may have had very different experiences than them, but still have gone through some of the similar situations? There's a, there's a million questions that they ask, and they, they, there's a lot of respect there for those that served previously, because mm-hmm. they see, we had three squares a day. We, you know, we want to go to Baskin-Robbins. Sometimes on the base, we had, you know, McDonald's, whatever it was. Um, these guys were trying to to survive out in the field. Um, so there's a lot of respect that's held by the younger generation for the older generation that comes through at this reunion. But um, these conversations and, and the bond that they share is priceless. That's something that um, at the reunion is really very moving to see relationships and new friendships be built. And if you could be a fly on the wall at the airport when people start landing from across the country mm-hmm. and meeting at the baggage carousel, it's, it's priceless. I'll bet. How are the families involved, or are they? Well, they are. Um, we often say that you know, people say, well, JB, why would we donate to Tee It Up to the troops rather than another organization? And I said, you know, there's a lot of great programs out there, and we partner with a lot of them. We've actually donated to over 250 different service programs. We're a little bit unique in the space in that uh, we try and share the wealth. We believe that. Um, collaboration is really the best competition that if we can work together we're going to accomplish more and so um, by bringing that collaboration out we have breakout sessions with some of our nonprofit partners at the reunion and Pam has been very instrumental in working with the caregivers I have run the uh, the combat altered breakout session and then we meet with our nonprofit partners to make sure mm-hmm. that we're not overlapping on too much and we often say that you know if there's a Nonprofits you want to donate to, um, ask them if they can give you the name of a veteran that they've worked with. If they can, you know, stay engaged in the conversation. If they can give you the name of a spouse, that means they're probably fairly engaged with it. And if they can give you the name of one child of any one of those individuals, stay engaged with that nonprofit because they're probably doing it for the right reason. Wow. Make that focused on what we do. We want that relationship to be built at the reunion. So when I do the breakout session, and I think this might be what you're getting at a little bit, Linda, is that um, I do a breakout session with the combat altered veterans. And um, about two years ago, it was, you know, there can be some gossipy things going on. There's things get be said about certain people. and You don't know the whole story. And I said, just let it go. Promote what you love and stop bashing what you hate. Um, and just go live it. If you didn't get invited to some function, you weren't supposed to be invited. The other person mm-hmm. was supposed to be. Right. <laughs> leave the, the lines of communication open, but don't bash somebody just because you didn't get an invite. And I said, you know, if you think that you're a, a professional wounded warrior and that's what you're going to be for the rest of your life, you need to get over this. It's, uh, you know, the rose is going to die on the vine and the, the trophy is going to, the, the shine is going to come off this trophy. Um, you need to learn to transition to grow to thrive and live and sometimes it's kind of that tough love conversation that you do have mm-hmm. to have but a lot of this current generation um that's serving i mean i'm, I'm coming at it from a parent's perspective mm-hmm. uh, and trying to be a mentor at the same time that's well, phenomenal that's oh, i'm sorry pam i'm, I'm sorry linda but i just wanted to say that um the whole piece about 
you know, I guess some of these, this tough love and, Mm -hmm. and these emotions and, and, and veterans and, and wounded warriors kind of catching feelings about things, I think need to be put in perspective because the, the term professional wounded warrior, I heard that, um, a a few months ago and, and I'm like, yeah, there's, there's kind of, um, there's not a pervasiveness of it, but there is sometimes that surfaces and it's how each organization handles that. Um, and if it, you know, if you're going to say, look, I need to really help these people, I need to help wounded warriors and veterans and their families grow and thrive, and I'm really serious about that, then you'll call them on that, you know, as opposed to just, um, you know, placating them saying, oh, well, here's some money, here's this, you know, here's some free stuff, go sit in the corner, you know, which a lot of wounded warriors are kind of used to. They want, they need the challenge of being called on their stuff. And they I think do. that's important. I think that's very important. I, I love that you said that. And I do want to give you an opportunity to mention some of your partners that work with you because collaboration is something many organizations talk about, but they don't do. And you are clearly doing it. So would you like to name several of the others? Yeah, the, there's four main organizations that we work with um, over the years, and that's Fisher House, mm-hmm. uh, which gives us access to the families um, that we wouldn't normally have. We're based in Minnesota, so that gives us an opportunity to meet and greet um, at that point. But we've been really very happy with that relationship. And mm-hmm. um, we were actually given the Patriot Award by the Fisher House a couple of years ago. And I said, you know, it's kind of an odd deal. And Derek uh, Donovan from Fisher mm-hmm. House said, why? And I said, well, you look at AT&T and Anheuser-Busch and Boeing and people that you've given that award to, and then it says tee it up for the troops. Kind of like taking one of those tests where which one doesn't belong. <laughs> Again, with the humility. Okay. So Fisher House is one. What are the others? But, uh, Disabled Sports USA. Uh, ah. Sports that helps us not only through the golf, but the other outreach programs. We just had over 100 of them at Breckenridge this last weekend. And mm-hmm. Tim Wigshite, our current president, was out um, doing that. And I've had some great interaction with my wife. Um, skiing with a couple of individuals over the last six, eight years that we've been out there. We've been out there twice, and those are great friendships that have been built there. Hope for the Warriors, which is a phenomenal organization that Mm -hmm. uh, helps with the um, transition and also with the PTS and TBI. Um, We don't do one-offs. If somebody needs a ramp built on their house, we'll work with other organizations to do that. If somebody needs a house, that's really not us. If somebody wants a van or a car, that's not us. Mm-hmm. But we can refer them to organizations like Hope for the Warriors that has their Warriors Wish program and, mm-hmm. and do things like that. Um, we also work with um, the Intrepid Fallen Heroes Foundation on the mm-hmm. PTS and TBI there. And then through the art therapy programs that come out of that, we do a lot of that. Um, and that's another breakout session that we do with Hope for the Warriors for the, the art therapy at the reunion. Um, but then we also work with Troops First Foundation and David Faraday through the golf side. We work with um, a number of the service dog programs, the Jared Allen Foundation, um, Warrior Foundation, uh, Freedom State. I'm going to have to cut you off because we're going to be going on break, and we will allow you to finish right after the break. You're listening to Military Network Radio. We'll be back after this short break. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. Identity, tradition. 
Latina life is never boring, but it can be muy dramática. So how do you coexist between the old school ways of la abuela and the new school life you're creating for yourself without losing your faith, familia, identity, or tradiciones? Welcome to Living Latina with Francesca Escoto, where culture curls and curves collide in one spicy cross-cultural conversation that will leave you begging for mas. Francesca tackles all the important issues, from politics to family values, to religion to, you guessed it, relationships and men. As Chief Everything Officer at the Wow Factor, Francesca is passionate about showing women of all cultures, ages, and lifestyles how to rock what they've got with style, sass, and smarts. Be sure to join her every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time for Living Latina, only on the WooHoo Radio Network. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We're talking with J.B. Ball of Tee It Up for the Troops. And we have just heard about a wonderful set of collaborations that are involved in making these events go far beyond a golf tournament or even a reunion, working into mentoring, networking, talking with sponsors and possible employers, and back and forth in a very real and genuine fashion. I know that this has grown from Minnesota to obviously the Reunion Golf Course in Florida, but how do you go about growing the organization and planting events across the country, JB? Well, originally the the goal that we had originally started with in 05 was to turn the Friday prior to September 11th into a National Day of Golf. So no matter where you were in the country, just go out and play. Uh, Whether you made a donation or not, we didn't care, but just enjoy some of the most beautiful real estate in the world on a golf course. And if you're inclined to donate, you know, if your greens fees were 60 bucks, throw in $6 or 10%, and we'd be good stewards of the money if it uh, was sent to us. And that was the original concept. And so Club Managers Association of America was able to help us out by allowing us to speak at the golf industry show in, in 06 and 07 and, and grow it a little bit that way. But a lot of the courses in Arizona, so JB, September, middle of September, a lot of people don't want to be out on the golf course when it's that hot. Can we do it a different time of year? Um, it's kind of morphed into doing not only the National Day of Golf, but also to do different events around the country. And 
Um, so different clubs have their own committees that get together and, and want to do some outreach and we help guide them a little bit. We have a, a tournament in the box. Um, it's a three ring binder that kind of walks them through the stages of what they need to do an event. Um, it's not that difficult. A lot of clubs already do a member guest event. So we just challenge them stay in, instead of doing the same member guest event that you invite the same people every year. Why don't you reach out and find a veteran in your community and play with a veteran for a member guest as a veteran's event? Um, it doesn't have to be a fundraiser. It just has to get the community involved. Um, and that's where a little bit unique there too. We had 30 plus events across the country this last year. We'll probably raise in excess of $2 million. And then, but 50% of the money stays in the community where it's raised. We want the sponsors actually seeing what an impact they're having in their own community and actually delivering that check and having a, a relationship built with a local organization. Um, not just that they're sending it to some black hole in Minnesota and they don't know what's being done with it. Um, we want them engaged. So um, nationwide, it's been expanding now. Well, I, I think you make a very important point. You know, you're, you're keeping it to the community as well because I agree with you that Americans are, by nature, a very giving, generous group, and they just need to know how to help. I have seen, I know I helped with one event uh, last year, might have been 2013, I'm not certain, um, where we brought it into my local community. And th the bottom line is that people want to help. So if you give them an opportunity to help, they are stepping up to the plate. I, I like you, tend to emphasize the fact that while there may be some lack of understanding or knowledge about military and civilian, I personally don't believe that gap is as deep or as wide as some people do. I believe that events like this can bridge it and that if you go into things with an atmosphere and a perspective of people do want to help, people are good at heart and really want to make a difference, I think that you can bridge that gap and erase it over time. So what you've done is not only collaborate with other, uh, other organizations to grow this beyond, you have kept it moving. So it is not just 30 events, it's 30 opportunities for networking, etc. How do you see it going in the future? Well, there's not everybody golfs, Linda, so they do come back. So I'm one of them. Out, so how do you <laughs> and I said, well, you know, we did a tip it up for the troops, cocktail reception. Just go okay. get a, a group together. You do a tie it up for the troops. Either you want to do a walk or a run. I've done the Marine Corps Marathon a few times, and uh, I asked for a buck a mile. There's different things like that. You can do tie it up for the troops. You can do a tune it up for the troops if you want to do a concert or mm -hmm. musical instrument. There's all kinds of things you can do out there to, to change it up. And we actually did something unique this year is that um, – we had our first annual Foam of the Brave craft beer reception. Oh, that sounds fun. And uh, we had a great turnout. We had uh, music beforehand with a group that we work with called Creative Vets, which is veterans that get together and go down to Nashville. And they may not have shared their story, but they might sit down with a couple of country music writers and, and tell their story and put it to music. And they came up and performed along with a local uh, musician by the name of Chris Hockey. So we did the tune it up in the form of the Brave combination. But just this last weekend, we um, had an ice fishing show here in Minnesota, and we were working with a group that takes families of military out fishing all year long, winter, summer, spring, fall here in Minnesota. And then they work with different organizations across the country, and they're doing an ice fishing event in February. And so, <sighs> and I don't know if you're familiar with tip-ups, but when you're ice fishing, you can put out a tip-up. So they said, well, we're going to tip it up for the troop. And we'll sell whole sponsorships like we would on a golf course to sell whole sponsorships. 
we're going to sell whole sponsorships on the ice and each military child can be sponsored to have their whole paid for by a, a local business. So wow. you can get, I love the it, involvement of the entire family. How are the children reacting to these events? They love it. Um, actually, the, one of the greatest things we ever saw was that Lori and I were out uh, skiing in Colorado, for example, and the family is invited to ski with DSUSA for Eckenridge. And one of the kids, it's a story that I'll share here, is that um, came up to Kirk Bauer and said, thank you. Um, and he said, what for? And he said, thank you for giving my dad back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you get the family doing things together again, that's a big outreach piece. Um, the service dog program is the other side of it that we work with. Um, and there's a number of great programs out there with Canines for Warriors and Warrior Canine Connection, and, um, Puppies Behind Bars. And, and it's really about parenting skills at that point. Rick Yount does a great job with um, Warrior Canine Connection. He said, JB, it's tough to get a Marine to act like Richard Simmons. And what you do, well, you have to get them to give the dog a command. Right. It's sit, you know, stay, whatever it may be. But then when they do it right, you've got to say, oh, good boy, good boy, good boy. And he said, you got to get them to talk and react that way. But it actually follows through into the family member that you might give your son or daughter a command that to pick up the room or do something else. But it's not, it doesn't end there. You still have to give that um, every that love has to come after that point. So, you know, yeah. thanks for picking up your room. Come here and give me a hug. You know, have a great day at school. Um, you know, I'll see you later on today. That whole parenting aspect of it, there's a lot of these organizations that people don't think about the residual impact that they have. And we try and find those that are working with it. And if we can do something outside of golf to support that, golf is a fundraising aspect to have an impact in other areas. I think that's wonderful. I, I love the – when I went to um, – with with um, a couple of board members from TETA for the Troops and we went to um, Puppies Without Bars in their office. and I love that and one. And they donated yep. – yeah, that was – I don't know how long ago that was, JB, but we were already in New York um, for some stuff, Charles and I. And then we went by the office and, oh, my God, it was amazing. It was amazing. And, and just seeing the service dogs and just being involved with a couple of the organizations that Teed Up speaks to was, was really miraculous. I mean, it made me want I, – I don't have time for a dog probably, but it really made me want like to – oh, I want a dog. I want a service. <laughs> you know, I, I, it was really – I could see, you could see the light going coming back on with a lot of the vets and the families. And that – actually, the animal was the Teed to tie to bring some of those families back together. So it's, it's a wonderful thing. It's, it's really great. Well, I, I love the residual impact. It's absolutely not just the beginning. So when you are bringing people back, what is the, do you have people that still come back to reunion from your first initial events? We do. Um, but part of that is that um, the reunion is a, a major outreach for us, too. So what we want to make sure is that we have people that are coming back to the reunion. But we also want to make sure that other people are experiencing that. So mm-hmm. um, we have veterans that uh, for the last, this is the fifth year that we'll be doing this. We have veterans that are actually going out and raising money um, if the individual didn't get the invitation because we can't accept everybody. Um, mm-hmm. we, we had people applying in February this year for the you know January of you know, 2016 um, when they heard about it. And We've got other veterans, you know, JB, I've had the opportunity to be there twice out of the last four years, but I know this other veteran that could really use the opportunity to be there. Um, I've 
got a sponsor that I told him about it. He's going to throw in 500 bucks. Um, I want to make sure that his family can go too. I just want to throw into the kitty. So we've got this, you know, camaraderie being built that they're watching out for each other. They still have each other's back on this piece. Um, but we want not only some of those that have been there in the past to kind of walk them through the process of the reunion and the, um, and the engagement aspect of that, but we also want to have people that have never really had the experience of interacting with Tia up for the troops to experience that. So um, the application process is that, you know, if you're going to come to the reunion, they fill out an application and they say who they want to be reunited with and why. And those stories are extremely emotional to read through. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that I'm no longer on the committee that has to make the decision of who gets invited and who does not. Um, because it's it really pulls at your heartstrings. You'd love to have everybody there, but you just can't. You're again bringing in another aspect. You're talking about vet peer support. You're talking about camaraderie. You're talking about growing something that's bigger than they are, all of which helps the emotional health of the vet involved, the vet that may be coming. It's all extremely positive. If you had a magic wand, what would you do? <laughs> I would, uh, I'd find a lot of money so I could bring everybody <laughs> to the and, a, yeah. and, and, and set them off in waves. Over, there's three golf courses and the, the event. Linda, if you experienced reunion, um, the, the relationships, the friendships that are built there, the emotion that comes out of that on the breakout session, Pam has seen it. When we do a caregiver breakout mm-hmm. um, and have the spouses or even parents of those that um, are caring right. individual um, that is a forgotten piece that we just we can't understand how much they are actually serving every single day um, I said no you got a 19 20 year old young lady who might have married their high school sweetheart while he was home on leave and happened to get back and now she's struggling with a big house and you know his caregiving and the rest of it Absolutely. We have to remember all of those people. JB, I want to give you the opportunity to tell people how to get in touch. So how do they reach you? We have only about 20 seconds left. They can go to www.tiedupforthetroops.org, um, get engaged with us, send us an email. Uh, we'd love to talk to anybody worldwide that uh, might want to be involved with us. Fantastic. JB, thank you for a wonderful Thanks. show today, sharing all this information. And we are so pleased to have hosted you here today. If you're listening to Military Network Radio. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in today to Military Network Radio. You can find our show at our website, www.toginet.com forward slash Military Network Radio. Also, www.militarynetworkradio.com and in iTunes under Military Network Radio. Join us next week when we bring you another program to enhance 